Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of The Intelligent Moron with Alex Silva. You know, I think I've gotten to my point in life where I need things to be explained to me at 100% accuracy. 100%. There can't be any type of inaccuracies or technicalities that don't make it through the message in order for me to be, you know, willing and happy about something that's going to either change or something that's going to be altered or some with minor inconveniences. They need to be very thorough in what's going to happen when it's going to happen, how long it's going to be happening for, what's going to be affected, and how long we can expect this to happen or to continue. When I go to work, I drive down the freeway, and I get off on an exit that I'm able to pretty much be right where I work or pretty close to it. I'm able to zoom down the freeway get to work in like very, very little time. Maybe been able to do that forever, you know. And, you know, there's traffic sometimes, not too bad if there are accidents happening too bad. As long as everything is functioning pretty well, I'm able to get to where I work pretty quickly without any issues and nothing, you know, no derailments, not too many detours. I'm able to get to where I need to be within within a certain amount of time and not have it take too long to get to work. Having said that, there's been this looming of construction on one of the exits that I get off, you know, to go to work. And the exit is the one that I get off. And it's the one that's like the quickest way to get to work and back. It's it's really nice. I've, I mean, I have it pretty well. I'm able to just zip to work and zip back. Not that much time is wasted. So around April 10th, April 11th, I was going down the freeway and I noticed that the sign said construction happening on this off ramp beginning April 20th. I'm like, okay. High day is going to be, you know, construction day, beginning of, of construction day. So I'm thinking like, well, I got some time, you know, before I could, before I need to change up my route and I would just get off on the exit prior and then kind of drive through town and get to where I work. So I guess not too bad. It wouldn't be too hard of a, of a, of an adjustment. So November, sorry, April 20th rolls around. And, you know, I take the exit prior. I take that exit. It takes me a little bit longer to get to work, but I'm able to get there on time. doesn't matter. I don't got to leave earlier, but it's just, you know, it's it's a little bit more of a cut and it close than I would like it. But I wake up too late in the morning anyway for me to actually leave earlier. So I suck it up and I'm like, you know what? I'll be fine. 
I, I, I'm pretty good at time management, so besides, you know, waking up early, but I'll be able to do it. I'm a good enough driver to get there in time. I'll be okay. And then, you know, over the weekend, I decided to go, you know, go on the freeway and go down and pass the exit. I noticed that the uh, the date had changed when the construction was going to be when they were going to be working on the on the free on on the on ramp or off ramp whatever to a later date than what was put on there. You know, I told you that it was going to be on four twenty, then it said four twenty eight, and that got me a little a little pissed off. I'll be honest, a little like, huh? Okay, you can't get your shit together company or whoever's constructing this off-ramp I'll give you a pass on this okay April what I say it was going to be on the 20th whatever push date push back right I'm like, okay I got a few days before I have to so I, I have to get off on my, the second at the exit before I usually get off on so that date comes along and I finally get there and I, I don't even go far enough to even like see do they actually commit to their promise. By the way, it's always been it's been on a sign that's on the side of the freeway that says construction going to begin on this date. And I didn't even, you know, try to see to go down to see if they were telling the truth or not. I just said fuck it, you know, I'm going to go on the off the exit that I, that's before the exit that I like getting off on. And then the, another weekend passes and then it's I do the same thing. I go a bit further, you know. And then I see the sign, and I see the freeway, the exit, still wide open. Another day, the date has changed again to, like, May 5th, or whatever it says, right? A further date. And I'm like, oh, what the fuck is going on with this shit? I'm actually getting a little furious at this point now, because, for one, they're not sticking to their date. Two, they keep pushing it back, and it ha- and it has me thinking like, well, I can't use the exit that I enjoy using because it's the fastest way to get to work. And let's be honest, we're not trying to get to work late. We want to get there as fast as possible to get the day over with. That's the whole point. I don't want to have to spend. I don't want to have to take a road trip to get to work. You know what I'm saying? Like that's not gonna. That's not very pleasing. I don't want to have to, you know, spend this much money just to get to where I'm supposed to be to make money. You get what I'm saying? That. So I'm getting pissed off. I don't understand why this is happening. You know, I almost want to be like, you know what? Should I complain to the city? Should I complain to the state? Because this is some dumb shit right now. And I'm like, you know what? Nah. Nah, that make me, I, w- I wasn't actually going to do it, but I would actually never do that. But the idea does pop into my head like, boy, if I could tell them what I think about of them right now, I would love to. But you know, I never do, and I, I never have. I've always been able to suppress those evil thoughts of mine. You know, just telling somebody off that like, hey, you're dumb, or hey, get it together. This is outrageous here, what you're doing, and how much you're delaying my life and other people's lives that go down this freeway every day, every morning, 
when it's like the most busiest, you know? And I'm, I'm not even like on it when it's like even at its peak busy, but it's like borderline like gonna be that within a few more minutes. You know what I'm saying? So I believe like at this point, it's now April 15th. And I'm still taking the second exit from where I'm supposed to be getting off. You know, making the effort, you know, going against my route and doing it because, well, I have a little bit of respect for the company or for whoever's going to be constructing and making the roads, I feel, a better place for its drivers. I intend and I believe that that is their main goal, to make driving down the freeway a much more pleasant experience. Why would I not think that? I th- I think that we would all like to think that, and I think that the people who are constructing like to think that they're doing a good deed and being like, we're going to make such a difference for the daily commute. I am so happy and proud that we're going to be able to accomplish this for the common man, for the working class person that lives in this general area and uses this freeway every single day. That's what I hope, that's exactly what I hope is going on in their brains when they can do this construction. And I hope that that's what was going on when they kept delaying it week after week after week. Promises after promises broken, shattered, destroyed. Never to be, you know, never to be kept atrocious. So at this point in the story, I'm still using the freeway. I haven't detoured. I haven't gone a different route. I've just taken the exit before my actual exit. So I've been able to get there relatively quick. Not as quick as I would like, but relatively quick. And then just last week, I decided to do the same thing. I decided to do, you know, just go down and get off on the exit before my exit, which is, you know, been promoted on the sign that the exit that I'd like to get off on is being worked on on this date. I have it in my mind that it's already happening at this time. I'm like, this is, I think that this is the day, so I should be, you know, I'm not going to go and chance it. I'm just going to get off on the exit right before my exit that I'm supposed that I usually get off on. Well, as I'm going down the freeway, I'm like, "All right, let's go. I'm ready. You know, it's a beginning of a new week. Let's get it. Get that bread." And then I see a big big line of traffic starting to pile up, you know, pretty close to the exit where I'm supposed to get off on. And I'm like, What's going on here? And I notice all the lanes of traffic begin to shift to the left. And I see a road roadblock divider that goes all the way down as far as the eye can see on the freeway. And I'm thinking to myself, what on earth is this? What on earth is, earth is happening? And as I go down more and more and more, I notice that both of the exits are shut down, are under construction. And at this point, I'm like, not only did these people delay their promise, but they lied to me. 
they not only shut down my exit, but the detour exit I've been taking for almost a month now prior, they shut that down as well. But their sign didn't say that. Their sign said the further exit, not the closer exit. I almost, I mean, I couldn't believe what I had seen. Both the streets were shut down. Both the exits were shut down. I was like, no way did this just happen to me. After I had been obeying by their signage for about a month now, more than a month, and preparing myself for the upcoming, you know, preparing myself for the inevitable that was going to happen. And I, you know, I prepared myself as much as I could. It didn't matter. I was bamboozled, played, led astray. That's a quote from somewhere, I'm not sure. But I was just, you know, my my trust was betrayed by these construction workers. They should have at least told the truth and not be like, oh, don't worry, only one exit's going to be closed. Everyone can just get off on this one. It'll be backed up a little bit, but hey, you'll be able to do it. But I couldn't believe it. I actually could not believe it. And I was like 15 minutes late. Luckily, I mean, I had, I was able to, you know, tell my bosses like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm never going to happen again. All right. Trust me. I'm cool. I'm solid. I ain't not, nothing to worry about. Just a little late. I'm good. But still, for me to have to go through all that, it was a disgrace. It betrayed my trust. And you know how you see construction workers just kind of dilly-dally on the freeway, not really do their job. It was like they were like beginning the work day, and they, had, they shut it down. They got all the roadblocks in place and just divided every lane. I was like, you're God. You got to be kidding me. But it was a tragic day. But it's like, you know, I expect the truth to be told on the signages that are on the streets and on the roads and on the freeways and the highways. Like, you gotta please, like, give me accurate information. It's important, not only for me, but everybody else's day, you know? Gotta have accurate information. Maybe I should have, like, tuned into like, the news or something. Local news, my favorite type of news, you know, the, the news that's supposed to be getting, you know, supporting you and they got your back. You know, every news station's like, every local news station is like, uh, KCN12 news, uh, the news for you, or we got your back at CF4 news, or always on your side, AB10 news, like something like that. Maybe I should have tuned in. I wouldn't have been in this predicament. I wouldn't have been late. That's what the company's going to say. Who's doing construction? Well, you should have been informed. Well, sir, I had been reading your sign on the road. You lied to me. If only I had evidence. If only I was able to, you know, take a picture of the sign and be like, hey, look at this dipshit. It said one exit, not both. And be like, show his boss, like, oh, look at this guy. This idiot gave me false information. I'm pretty sure, like, that is a being, like, 
able to be, you know, pr- you know, shown to like someone's boss, depending on what kind of work, line of work that they're in. And you might be able to win that argument or win that um, lawsuit or whatever the hell it's called. You know, some type of shit. I don't know. But I'm not that type of person. I'm not I'm not going to complain and get the person in trouble. It's a minor inconvenience, but a minor one that could have been avoided with proper and truthful information. But yet again, minor. Nobody got hurt. I was late, but just one day. 15 minutes is not too bad. Not too bad at all. Didn't harm nobody. Wasn't a big deal. Was not a big deal. I mean, on that on that day, right, the day of the 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 construction beginning, you know, how I said that we broke off into two lanes on the left side. I was on the right lane, the more right lane than the left one, and I was we were going down, and traffic was very slow. It was like stop and go almost. And then to my left, there was a a little like Honda Civic, I think, same car as me, and we're like keeping up with the same pace. We're like our traffic is pretty much at level. You know, we're, we're moving at the same speed as, you know, both sides of traffic. And then we come to, like, one complete stop for, like, maybe three seconds, and then we start to go again. I begin to go forward, and he does not move. And I'm thinking, like, he's either trying to move le- or, or merge lanes or something or what, but I, didn't, I noticed that his turn signal was not on. He was not trying to um, merge. And then I saw his headlights, like, flicker, like, not, like, hazards but like just his headlights were flickering i was like what's going on here and as i'm pulling away as as i'm like you know being not being able to see him in my my rear view mirror on my left side or my side mirror on my left side i see that his hazards come on i'm like damn bro what a what like talk about like the worst timing for your car to die in the middle of traffic with only two working lanes that are that weak that that traffic can flow to and your car just died with and you got cars behind you you know trying to go to work as well and people trying to commute and it was just like dang thank god it wasn't me because we got the same type of car pretty much and i was just like oh my god i said a prayer i was like thank you lord christ for not making me stranded in this absolute hellhole, you never want to be stranded, ever, when you're driving, you know, you see people with their cars smoking, or their, their hoods popped up, and them just looking at what's inside, like, no way any average Joe is going to be able to pop the hood of their car, and fix what's wrong with their car right then and there, it's bullshit, it's what you do to stall time, and to look that you're not, like, you have somewhat of a control of the situation, at least appear that you might know what you're doing is correct, but it's never the case. That's always the worst. And this guy was not even, he didn't even get off on the shoulder. He was just in one of the lanes, just boop, my car died, bro. Sorry. I couldn't believe it. I would, I mean, yes, he would have to call AAA or the insurance to get me a tow and get me the hell out of here because it was just awful. I wouldn't even know what to do. Stupid. I mean, I would. But I'd be like, oh, no, turn on car, please get me out of here. But, dude, I just I just could not imagine being in that situation and being, like, that stranded. Huh. Minor inconveniences. Talk about, you know, 
a minor inconvenience is car trouble. I would much rather have my car trouble like anywhere else but a freeway in the middle of like rush hour traffic. People got to go to work and you your car just dies in the middle of the lane. Nah. I mean, I'm not a, I wouldn't say, uh, I, it would just be a bad thing. It would be a terrible, terrible thing. You know, today actually marks June 1st, which is pretty crazy because we're already pretty much like halfway through the year, pretty much already halfway through the year. And, you know, it's kind of bizarre to think about that. It's bizarre because at one point it felt like the the beginning of the year. It felt like January. Like I feel like it was just like maybe a couple weeks ago. Where I had that feeling that it was like the beginning of the year, fresh new year. Maybe because it's not been like super hot this week. I think yesterday was like maybe 79 degrees. So it kind of gave me vibes of like early spring, late winter. And I was like, eh, it's not that bad outside. And look at the calendar, right? And it's like, almost June, like today's, today's June 1st, it's like, dude, what has, what happened? The time just went away. Being busy, doing stuff, hanging, chilling, working, podcasting, and then it's just like, out of the blue, June 1st already, 2023. Where did the time go? I'm trying to think about, like, back on it right now. June 1st already right? Six more months, and it's December 1st. Like, already right then and there. It's going to happen sooner or later. People are already out of school. People are graduating. People are about to graduate, right? From school, high school, whatever, right? People, the the school year has ended for, for a lot of people out there, so they're already focusing on the new year. It's already June, so that means... Baseball is at the midway point, right? It ends in October, ends in October, and um, it doesn't end in October. It's like it's like the borderline of the. It's like almost the midway point, actually. The midway point is July, actually. It's not so we're not really there yet for baseball. Basketball, the finals be, begin begin uh, uh, begin today. So like we we are already like that much closer to like the end of the year. I don't, I don't mean to seem like, um, you know, I'm already like waiting for it to be the end of the year. It's just, it's, it's already like upon us. So it's like, it's hard to be like, Hey, we got time left in this year, you know, make as what you will do what you want. You know, summer is approaching. So that means it's time to get, you know, tanned time to go outside, maybe go to the beach, the water park, Go to the mountains, whatever you do. You know, outside activities will be happening, which I never thought summer was the best year for that to happen. But I digress. I guess I'm wrong. I guess, you know, it, it is the time to do stuff outside. You know how, how they always promote, you know, stores and TV commercials and, you know, companies like to promote, like, within the season of things that are, you know, the season, the year, the seasons throughout the year. Apparently, like, the summer years are the the time when you're supposed to be going outside and doing stuff. 
But I want to know what they were thinking because do they not understand that summer means it's hot as shit? It's hot and I don't want to be outside. I want to be inside in the air-conditioned house or air-conditioned building. I don't want to be outside where I have to sweat and face the sun. If I'm a person that needs sunblock, I'm going to need sunblock. And you want me to have a picnic and buy a lawn chair and buy an awning or, or, or like a little uh, uh, one of those easy up roofs that you put out to give yourself some shade when you're outside. I don't want that. First of all, has anybody ever like put up one of those easy up things? They're not that easy. Sometimes they they unfold. You know, when you get them out of their packaging for the first time, you unfold them, and they're kind of stuck. They don't really, you know, expand all that easy, and it takes a little bit of effort for them to, like, you know, expand to their ideal size to give you some shade when you're outside. That takes a while, and when you're done using it, by God in heaven, for some reason, it can never be squished to the same size as you as you got when the first time you opened it up. It never goes back down. That's the same thing with sleeping bags. That's the same thing when you open up a box with an air mattress. You can never fold it the way that it was shipped to you. It's impossible. Unless you wait like with an air mattress, you like actually lay on it and get every ounce of air that was ever put into it out of it is never going to be able to fit back in the box as perfect as you did when you bought it. It's impossible. Has anybody ever thought of that? That maybe send me like a bag. That way I can get rid of this box because it won't fit unless it's airtight sealed with no goddamn air in it. I've uh, I've wondered that quite a bit because I used to go camping quite a bit. Quite a bit back in the day. And that would always be the same problem is whenever we would go camping, we would get air mattresses and then we would have to pack them up and go home First of all, it just never would fit in the box, and it would always make packing up to go home take even longer than packing to go to the place. And first of all, my family used to pack to go camping for like a day, two days, three days to just pack to go because, you know, you'd fuck around, you would take breaks and just not pack for a while, and then take too long to pack, and then then you're rushing the next day, oh, we gotta go by this time, and then you never really go on time. And then when you leave, it's like, okay, we're packing in two hours and we're going to go. It's like, that ain't even possible, bro. It's just not possible. Because when you get there, you fucking take everything out and make the area like your home as best as you can. You know, take all the shit out and it's like, oh, yes, home sweet home. And then when you're going to leave, it's like, oh, we got to pack everything up within two hours. It's like, that's that shit ain't possible. It's just not going to happen. And that's just kind of how it goes. And they want us to be outside. They encourage you to go outside and do activities in the heat, in the sun. Now, there are certain activities that are pretty much akin, you know, connected with summer that I have left exceptions for. Number one is anything with a pool. Swimming, just hanging out in the pool, playing volleyball in the pool, playing some kind of thing in the pool... Pool activities, number one thing recreational 
gave you an excuse to go outside during the summer. Why? Because you're in a pool. You're in water. That's hopefully cool enough for you to get into. Depending on where you live and how hot your pool can get, or if it even gets that hot, I don't even know how, if you can even regulate temperatures with a pool, even if it's hot, I have no idea. But hopefully you're in a pool that is cool, right? You can go cool off when this when it's a hot summer day. That I can understand, right? I can understand that when it's summer, right? You know, you need like a a recreational activity outside. A pool is probably the number one thing to do. Number two, probably the beach. Depending on where you go and where you live, like I live on the Cal on on, on a, in, in California. So the the California beaches and the California coasts are usually a lot cooler than inland California. So when I go to the coast or to the beach during the summer, it's quite pleasant. Mostly pleasant. It can get a little warm, but for the most part, it's not as bad as inland California during the summer, at least. So the beach where I live is perfect for you to, you know, go and cool off, have some fun. Whether it be like, I don't know, Santa Monica, Santa Cruz, Santa Barbara, wherever you want to go, big beaches like that, they're usually going to be cooler than the inland California, right? Number three is probably like something at night. If you're going to be doing stuff at night or in, in the summer at night or during, during the summer in California or wherever you are and you're not by a pool, you're not by a beach do it like closer to the night that way the sun isn't on you and it's gone down quite a bit it might be like a cool like 89 degrees when you do it but it won't be like 105 it won't be like 110 maybe it'll be much cooler and you won't have the sun beating down on you and you'll be able to do stuff that doesn't take as much needing like a pool or being by a beach for you to have some fun, or even by like a water park, right? By the way, water park um, goes with pool activity because a water park just has a bunch of pools, whether it's a slide connected to a pool, a pool that's like a river, uh, a pool with like a couple slides or like a like a wave pool or like our lazy river type of, that's, that's still a pool, it's just a very long pool with a trail that follows a trail. It's the same shit, but that kind of falls into that category as well. But I see like these commercials and promotions for, you know, products that have people just sitting in the sun in the summer doing nothing, just sitting out there looking all happy and looking all cool, hydrated, not hot whatsoever. It totally disbands reality. Like you don't, you're telling me that these people in this and this picture to promote a lawn chair are just enjoying hot dogs and hamburgers in the bright sun with no shade. And the dude over there is grilling in the sun, not under an awning or under shade. First of all, do these people even know the, the absolute, absolute struggles of grilling bar or of barbecuing in summer in the sun? It's pretty much undoable. You need to be able to, first of all, park your barbecue like somewhere in the shade and, you know, being able to take breaks and walk away from the barbecue, you know, just to get yourself cool. Because if you're going to be barbecuing 
in like, let's say just 105 degree heat in the middle of summer. And you're going to be right over a grill that has fire that is cooking food at a hot temperature. It's not going to be a pleasant thing to do. It never is. I don't know why people like to, you know, make it seem like it's so easy or it's such a nice time. It's it's cool. It's all right, but it doesn't it's not as good as it's pictured in fantasy commercials. It's just not. People like to think companies like to think that yeah, people want to be outside during summer. Absolutely not. We don't want to be outside. How many times do people go outside during the summer and be like, "Oh, I can't stand it. I need to get back inside." All everybody. That's literally everybody. So, all this shit, this this whole like fantasy about summer, how it's like so much fun and you can do anything in it. You can do you can have so much fun in the summer. That honestly windows away once you're out of school. Because when you're in school, it seems like the best thing in the world. Because for one, you get like three months off of school could to do whatever you want. The younger you are, the better. You just feel like you have more fun and more time. And then once you get into college, it's like, yeah, it's cool, but you know, gotta work and shit. And then once you're out of out of school completely, you're like, okay, it's just another three months. It's just now these months are hot as shit. You know, it doesn't matter. I just, man, I wish I could, I could appreciate summer as much as I did when I was a kid. And I wish I could, like, have, like, the energy and the drive to do shit like that in the summer. Because that was a fun time. I'm telling you, man. Summer already? Summer already. And they want us to be like, go outside, do shit. I can't think of, like, one really solid place in anywhere in summer and be like yeah it's not bad here yeah it's pretty cool it, it's not it doesn't get that hot like i think about all the states out there right like california is like a desert i would i would not just want to be outside for fun willy-nilly in the summer i couldn't i i've been in central california i've been in la i've been in the coast during the summer it's not all that great and then I think about other states like Nevada. It's got to be hot as shit there too. I've been to Vegas in the summer. It's hell. It, it's it's cool, but you got to go out at night because it's hot as fuck over there. Arizona probably can't be that great either. Um, the East Coast, I'm pretty sure, is bad too. Humid humidity off the chain as well. Florida, it's got to be like the worst time to live right uh, to just be alive out there with all the humidity. I've seen people, I've seen videos of people being outside in Florida that just kind of go out, you know, walk around, and they look like they've been sweating for, like, for for, for hours. Like, why would you even want to go to Florida? It makes no sense. I guess the, the, the beaches are pretty cool. I've heard the beaches are, you know, pretty nice. But, like, just to go there to, to, to be surrounded by anacondas and pythons and crocodiles and alligators and, and then be sweaty all the time i don't know i've I, probably not for me you know florida you know probably good for like old people probably just a you know the humidity probably you know makes them moist and it doesn't make them as crusty and dry so that might be why old people move to florida is because it it, it, it moisturizes them it makes them moist and it, they probably don't you know wrinkle as fast in florida whether if you live in like you know a cold place like New York, 
even in the summer in New York, it's pretty humid. Humid. So, like, I don't understand the big appeal of Florida. I guess because it's in Florida, it's, like, warm all the time. Where in, in New York, it's, like, warm in the summer. And then the fall and the winter is, like, brittle as shit. Brutal and just frigid. And then spring is pretty nice and then summer is all right. But those two months are probably going to be fall and winter. And maybe some spring, probably, like, frigid-ass temperatures. And like, this cold is drying me out. I got to go to Florida and get all moist. That's what I think. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I feel like if we, if I moved to Florida, I wouldn't have as much dry skin as I do now. But maybe that's just, uh, maybe that's not true. I'm no doctor, but I feel like the humidity in Florida could probably cure the dry skin of mine. It's been pretty bad lately. I've had to been putting, you know, cream on my hands because my hands get dry. And uh, sometimes my skin on my fingers cracks. And it looks weird. I've been trying to avoid that. But I hate putting on lotion in the middle of the day. Because when I put it on, even though it works well, I can't grip shit. Or can't like hold on to shit because it slips out of my hands. Phone, water bottle, anything like that just zip, flips out, slips out of my hands. So I, my... My, my solution has been to moisturize my hands when I go to sleep. That way, I'm asleep, and let it do its work, I don't wash it off, I don't, do, I don't like rub it off, I leave it on my hands and let it soak in and get all moisturized. That way in the morning, after I shower, I, already, I, I moisturize, you know, I, I should be okay for a while, I wouldn't be as bad. But yeah, it's kind of been a thing I've had to... Had to work around because I just can't do it in the middle of the day when I got to do stuff and touch stuff and operate and, you know, all that stuff. I, I don't actually operate. I'm just, you know, using words to, you know, to describe what I do with my hands. You know, you operate around shit. You move shit. You pick up shit. You touch shit. You screw shit. All that stuff. Speaking of June, though, I know I've been talking about the the weather in June and how it's changing, and now we're pretty much in the summer, but this June actually has a pretty sweet lineup of films that's coming out. Pretty sweet lineup. I know this weekend is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, which I can't wait to see. However, I might have to see that the following week, which is kind of disappointing because I will be going out of town this weekend Therefore, I kind of can't really see it opening night. So that's a bummer. Uh, definitely a, a bummer that I don't mind having because I'm, I'm going to be going with my family out of town. So that, that'll be nice. That'll be fun. But Spider-Verse is going to be like the first film that really kicks off this June. Which, like I said, is gonna it has a lot of movies coming out. We got that movie. And then the week after that, let me see what we got. We have, <clears throat> there's a lot of stuff that comes up when you search on IMDb. Let's see. The following weekend, we got Transformers Rise of the Beasts, which is coming out. Which, I'll be honest with you, I am not the biggest Transformers fan. I used to be when Shia LaBeouf had his films. Those are fun as shit. Those were fun as fuck. I like those movies. I really, really did. And... They haven't really been all that great, in my opinion, since. I have seen 
the Mark Wahlberg one. I believe it was called... Uh, what was the Mark Wahlberg one called? It wasn't The Last Night. That was one of them, but I didn't see that one. Age of Extinction, I believe, is the one I saw. That one was awful. Terrible. Just awful. I have always wanted Transformers and Fast and Furious to merge and to cross over since the last Shia LaBeouf movie, I think. I just said, fuck it. Just do it. Because Autobots are cars. Dom Toretto drives cars. They fight bad guys. Why can't the bad guys be Decepticons? Why can't we have Dom Toretto and the family team up with Optimus Prime and the Autobots and fight the Decepticons? That would be lit as shit. I've been saying that for years. But now I'm on the record. I want a trademark. That's my idea. So that's that. That's going to be coming out the weekend after. I believe Transformers comes out June 9th, which is a week after Spider-Verse. Then after that, is the Flash, the Flash movie, the one to reboot them all, the one to reset everything, the Flash. The DC, the next DC film that's supposed to reboot the DC universe, which I've heard is quite amazing, not just by, you know, people who've seen it, but like Tom Cruise loves it, Henry Cavill loved it, other celebrities have said it's amazing. I don't think that this is going to be the greatest movie of all time, but God damn it, it better be close to it because too many people of high caliber celebrityism are liking this movie too much, which is also kind of weird because why are they voicing their opinion on a movie that they're not even involved in this well? Also, it's a film that is from a genre that has plagued cinema for at least a good 10 years. That's all they fucking make nowadays is superhero films. So it's weird for me to see somebody like Tom Cruise be like, The Flash is really great. The Flash is amazing. Like, what are you... Where, where is this coming from? Why, wh Who's paying you for this? Like, I don't understand. Like, I, I, I agree. Like, I want the movie to do well. I want the movie to be well because I want to see it. I want to I like it. But seeing all this praise from people who are not even involved in the movie, not even, like, connected in a way, not even really, like, have been, like, very well spoken of the genre or superhero films, like, ever, or even had any interest. I mean, Henry Cavill was Superman for a good uh, not nine years, but, you know, still, like, it, it just is weird. It's so weird, the praise and the like, the, 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 how much people like this film is strange, because there's even more, because a lot of people have seen it at, like, CinemaCon, which was, like, a month ago, and it's like, how have they seen this full film and they're not allowed to say shit about it? Like, what? Doesn't it seem kind of weird? Now, of course, people can say, like, they're, how they reacted to it, like, what they liked about it. They can't necessarily review it until, like, maybe a week or two more before the movie comes out. But, like, it's, to me, that's always been kind of weird of how people have seen this Flash movie. Like, a lot of people have. A lot of people have seen it. And they can't really say shit about it. Like, was that because Warner Brothers is confident, but also not very confident because they're they're too scared of what people actually think? But even though I've been hearing a lot of positive shit about it from celebrities and just regular people, like, I don't understand. It's, it's weird to me. 
but that movie comes out June 16th. That'll be one to watch. Coming out that same day is that movie Elemental, that new Disney Pixar film that's coming out. Um, pro- I'm not going to see that. Not not really interested in that film, I'll be honest. Um, and then after that, towards the very end of the uh, of uh, June, June 30th, in fact, is Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, which people have seen. Critics and, and I think mainly critics have seen it, and I think it was shown at the Cannes Film Festival, I think, like maybe two weeks ago. I wanna, yeah, I want to say two weeks ago. People have seen it. A lot of people have seen it. And it got mixed reviews. Now, I, I, I haven't read reviews. I don't read reviews, really, but I do like to... I do like to scope in on one particular publication when reviews come out. When, you know, people... When media outlets review films and they put up a score. And that media outlet that I like to follow is IGN. IGN, I feel like, is very studio-friendly, very executive-friendly, being whether it be games, films, TV shows. They're very, very nice when it comes to reviewing a studio's work. They give a lot of sevens out there, a lot of sevens to a lot of films that don't necessarily deserve sevens, in my opinion, in my opinion. And I I just feel like, you know, I saw the review that it was already posted, and I, I, I want to see exactly, I'm pulling up IG, or IGN right now. Because I remember seeing it, and I want to see when exactly they posted this this review. Because when I saw it, it was quite shocking. For one, I how I didn't see it before because I saw the review much later after I after um after it was already posted. I I, I would like I would I believe to say that I saw it like last week when I actually saw the review, but it actually came out way earlier than I that I had thought and uh, it was definitely like kind of surprising so let me see they posted the review for Indiana Jones at the Dial of Destiny 12 days ago from when I'm recording but let me see the actual date when it was posted so it was posted on May 19th this review fully review right 12 days from today right May 13th, May 19th, sorry, that's well more than a month before the film is actually released, when I see these reviews like that, I'm thinking like the movie's got to be incredible, right, it's got to be good, they wouldn't release reviews like this if they didn't feel this confident about this film, and then I don't, again, I don't listen to their, or read reviews, I just look for their scores, for one, because it's a movie that I want to see myself. I want to see, and I'm excited to see it. It's Indiana Jones. Of course I want to see it, right? So I'm like holding off, like I'm not going to, I and I never really listen or read the reviews, ever. Any reviews, any reviews. So I just scrub to the end score, because they always put the number score at the end, out of 10. These guys gave it a 4. I gen gave Indiana Jones... And the Dial of Destiny of four out of ten. I was thinking like, whoa, that ain't like IGN, bruh. 
that ain't what IGN is about. They're Mr. Seventh Heaven over there. They give sevens like a slot machine. Doesn't give me sevens. They always give sevens. You can get three sevens in a row from IGN any given day. Any given day. You can get you get sevens from IGN across the board. Game, movie, TV show, uh, manga, whatever the fuck. Book. Seven, 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 seven. They give this movie a four. And their word description with the rating of four is bad. And I was thinking like, huh, interesting. Extremely interesting. Do I believe them? Of course not. Of course not. Why would I? But on the other hand, four for Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, a film that was supposed to bring the studio back from the depths, Lucasfilm, who hasn't made a movie or hasn't released a movie since 2019 with the rise of Skywalker that is shit and you, and, and looks like you're coming back with another heaping pile of shit. Listen, I'm I am usually, you know, confident in going into films no matter what critics say, no matter what re- reviewers say. I I don't know. I I mean like if this shit this movie is really not that good. And you got Harrison Ford behind it. You got James Mangold directing it, who has proven to direct incredible films like Logan, Ford vs. Ferrari, other magnificent films in his filmography. Going to be directing that new um, that new Star Wars film of the origin of the Jedi, the first Jedi. <laughs> who knows now? But you would think that this movie, this Indiana Jones movie, would be pretty lit. But it got a four. They gave it a four. That is a little... that that That's a little upsetting. That's a little disappointing. And I know I'm not taking this into consideration for when I see the film. But it's not something... That's not the kind of press you want to hear. If you're Lucasfilm, if you're Harrison Ford... If you're an Indiana Jones fan, like, really, a four? Wow. Okay. This might not be very good. So I guess you should probably lower expectations, even though I'm not about that life. I really don't think that lifestyle is suitable for your one life that you get on this planet. Lowering expectations has never, has never, ever, ever been, ever been my, my, uh, my lifestyle. Ever. Uh, so... I'm just going to kind of ignore it, what, what they're saying, and go see it for myself. But that is a little d- discouraging. That is a little discouraging, I have to say. With how much press I was behind this and how much you know information that w- w- was being shared about it, who's behind it, how long it's been taking them to make it, and uh, you know when just when to put it out, and Harrison Ford being back in it, you know, of course it's going to be, should be decent, but a 4 out of 10? Okay. You first you had you first you know you you got me. I was excited, but now I'm a little curious. I'll be honest. I was excited, but now I'm a little curious. I still still want to see it. Still want to see it. Hundred percent. I'm gonna see it. It's Indiana Jones, his last film. But I have to admit, I'm a little curious about what I'm about to see. I will not lower expectations. I will not lower them at all. But I'm a little curious, and I'll be honest too. 
the trailers for this film were a little were a little off to me too. Mixing in like rock music with the Indiana Jones theme, just kind of a weird feel, just kind of a weird vibe. I didn't really like. It didn't really match the tone of Indiana Jones. I thought. I can't remember the song, but I think it's like a Guns N' Roses song, or I don't know. I can't remember what song, but it's like a it's a song that's um, in the trailer. That's got like a jungly beat to it, and it just did not fit. I was like, I don't know what you're trying to, what you're trying to show here. Like, are you trying to show like a Indiana Jones for the new generation, but still be way back in the day? It doesn't really make any sense. He's trying to get like a younger vibe with it, but he's an older dude. I, I don't understand. Like it didn't make any sense. So while the trailers have not really super gotten me excited, I still want to see it. I still really want to see it. I want it to be good, but I'm I'm a little worried. But I'm not gonna lower my expectations. But I'm just a little worried. I don't know. I guess we'll have to see. Last off, we'll talk about a sports. The finals are set. They begin today. The Miami Heat versus the Denver Nuggets in the 2023 NBA Finals. We can definitely all say that this was not the matchup that the NBA wanted. No siree, Bob. They did not want this at all. They wanted Lakers-Celtics. We all knew that. We did not get that. They did not get that. And as I kind of wanted that, as I was kind of thinking, you know what? Lakers-Celtics would be pretty tight. It would be pretty tight. Even though the rivalry to me is not as strong as it used to be, it would be pretty cool to see that. And the NBA would absolutely want that. But I have to say, having seen quite a bit of, of Nuggets basketball and Heat basketball, I'm actually pretty excited for these finals because I definitely do think that the better team advance and the better team is playing in the finals, and I got no problem saying that. The Nuggets were better, far, far, far better than the Lakers. Swept them in four games, and yeah, sure, the Boston Celtics came back and forced a Game 7, but then laid an absolute egg in Game 7 at home, in front, of, in front of the Boston crowd, and just got obliterated. And yes, the Heat were a better team. And listen, if you're the Celtics, man, if you have two choices, do you really push it to Game 7, being down 3-0, just to lose that way in Game 7? Literally have, like, no life, no nothing, just flat out get blown out. In Game 7. Honestly. Would you rather just have gotten swept? I think I would have. I think I would have. That's just. That might have been more embarrassing than getting swept. I'll be honest. You come back. You win three games in a row to force a Game 7. At home. In Boston. Just to lose it? Nah. Nah. That's. That's not me. I don't want to have to go through all that just to lose at home. Not only do you lose, you, Jason Tatum gets injured, pretty much unusable the entire game. 
Jalen Brown turns the ball over like, what, eight times, seven times. Derek White for a moment is your best player. Couldn't play as a functioning team the entire game. Fuck that. I'd rather get swept. Fuck that. You can't tell me that those fuckers on that team were like, yeah, at least we got there, you know. We were down 3-0 when we came back. Like, I understand that coming back from down 3-0 to tie it 3-3 to go to a game seven was epic. And everybody in the media, Charles Barkley, Shaq, Kenny, everybody on ESPN, Stephen A., they all were like, Celtics going to win. The Celtics came back and they're going to win. They're going to beat the Heat at home and make the comeback and become the first team in NBA history to come to, to come back from 3-0 in a series and, and go to the finals. No, that didn't happen. In fact, it it they went out in the most pathetic pathetically way possible. It like disjointed, did not look like a team that knew how to play basketball. Functioning team basketball. It was so bad. I understand that Jason Tatum was out. That he was pretty much he couldn't be used. He could not do he couldn't cut on that ankle. He couldn't run that fast on that ankle. He was ginger. He was scared. He couldn't do it. Just couldn't do it. And I saw the injury happen as it at live. Like I saw it happen. He he decided not to shoot the three and go to the hoop and then boom, injured. That was like the one thing that I was thinking like, damn, he should have shot. He should have just shot that ball. He would not have injured his ankle like that. If he, Because he was about to, and then he went to the basket and then got injured. It's like, damn, bro. You were about to shoot it. You were going to shoot it, and you decided not to. They couldn't hit threes. Three ball was pretty much non-existent. And the Heat... Caleb Martin, they just wanted it more. Now they're your Eastern Conference champion. They're going up against the Denver Nuggets. I just want to talk. Of the, I just want to. I just want to get that out. You know, the Celtics, they all thought that they were going to come back. Everybody in their, in the world thought they were going to come back and complete the sweep because Miami, you know, just were demoralized in those two games where they let it slip away. Three games where they let it slip away. Yeah, they came back, but you know. Boston just really showed themselves that they could not function without Tatum. And that pressure was just too much, I think. They'll they'll tell you, like, you ask the player, like, no, there wasn't pressure at all. Bullshit. Bullshit. But I don't care. I'm not not an NBA player. I can say whatever the fuck I want. You know? I think that they blew it. And you know, fuck you. I don't I don't I don't give a shit. Like, yeah, well, we made the comeback from down 3-0. No one gives a shit. You just won three games in a row. That's all you did. You didn't move on. The 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 ob the the objective is to move on. You did not move on. You did one thing that's expected when you want before you can move on, but you didn't actually move on. So therefore your comeback is irrelevant. It's doesn't matter. Again, I'd much rather get swept. I think all I think every single Boston Celtic would be like, "Yeah, should have got swept. Would have been on vacation sooner." But you know, went to Game Seven, and who cares? We blew it. You know, I've said this many times. 
not about the Celtics, not about basketball, but about baseball. I've seen when the Dodgers, you know, kind of have hope in series in the playoffs and they end up losing it. Like, might as well just not even fucking go that far. Why toy with me like this if you're not going to make it? It's a sick thing in sports. The series in basketball and baseball, it's a sick thing. It's sick. It's disgusting. Series are no fun for anybody because you have moments where you win games and you look great and you have momentum and the next game, nothing. You have nothing. You have no mojo. You have no rhythm, no momentum, no skill. No one shows up and you lose. And then you gotta either you either win more to move on that go through more heart you know more um, stress and all that, or you know you actually win. You either win or you lose, right? But it's a painful way to get there. The series is painful. It sometimes I wish that it was just a one and done. Sometimes I do wish that because it's so hard to perform against the same team for seven potentially seven games and being able to. You know, beat them four times. You got to get four wins against one team and to, to move on. And as a fan, you can be like, yeah, game six when we came back and we won at the buzzer, that was fucking sick. That was amazing. At the end, it doesn't matter because you, you didn't move on. You didn't do anything. You might as well have gotten swept. Why? Like, why go through all that just to lose? That's that to me is where I'm like, damn, like it's cool to have moments in the series, but like also it's like, why even fucking bother to come out and and try and force it to a game seven for what to lose? Nah, you know, I feel like that's what probably most Celtics fans feel like is why even move? Why even bring it to seven just to lose? I can see why come back from three down just to lose it. I don't see anything, I don't see any reason why you're like, I'm glad we got to Game 7. I'm glad we made it to, made it to Game 7. Other than maybe Joe Mazzulla keeping his job. Jason Tatum's hurt, though. He wasn't injured before that. If he got swept, he wouldn't be injured. Maybe that's loser talk, but it's also like intellectual talk. It's like, you gotta be able to see... Where, I'm not saying, like, giving up is much better. But I think that if they didn't, if they knew the outcome, probably just not even try. But, of course, they didn't. That's what's, that's, that's all about sports is the unknown. But when you look back on it, it's like, it should have gotten swept. But that's only the take that you can make when the series is over. Should have got swept. They should have. They really, like... Of course, you can't make that before it happens. Obviously, you can't state that before it happens. But once it does happen, you have complete freedom to say that. Should have gotten swept. Sorry, but it's true. Should have gotten swept. Um, so, I think that with the finals being set, I think the Nuggets are going to win in six games. I think the Heat are good enough to win two games, but I think that the, the Nuggets are just really good as a team. A complete basketball team that have the coaching, the discipline, the offensive power to beat the Heat four times. So I'm going to go with the the Nuggets and six. That's my prediction for the NBA Finals. 
And that's going to do for me today, people. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Remember, you can listen to this podcast and watch this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube at Intelligent Moron with Alex Silva. This podcast drops every Thursday morning. Make sure to like, subscribe, rate, review, and do all that good stuff. And yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And I will see you guys next week.